The presence of the Lord is in this place. The Redeemer is here. Hallelujah. If you just remain standing just for a few minutes, I'm going to ask Reverend Tammy Reynolds to come to the platform. Hallelujah. She will be... Amen. She will be ministering to us today the Sunday message Easter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you grateful for the blood? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It reaches to the highest mountain and to the lowest valley. That's where he found me in the lowest valley, and I'm thankful. Thankful for the cross. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus said, I died, but behold, I live forevermore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask you all to pray for me this morning because I want to make sure that God's word is coming out the way he intended it to and not in the flesh. Oh, God, I just ask that you were blessed today, God, that you would speak through me, Lord. Let your anointing flow, oh, God. God, let your word come forth, oh, Jesus, that it might change hearts, oh, God. For you are God alone, Jesus. I praise your holy name, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Sunday. What a day to celebrate. Hallelujah. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. How many of you all have read a story? A story. Just a few of you? <laughs> all right. So every story has a beginning and an ending. Today I'm going to tell you the, a story. In fact, it's the greatest story ever told. <clears throat> it's a story about love and grace. It's a story about war and hate. It's a story about sacrifice yeah. and redemption. Yeah. It's a story about betrayal and rejection. Uh-huh. It's a story about torment and judgment. Uh-huh. And it's a story about hope yes. and forgiveness. Amen. It's a story about you and me. Uh Yes, you're in the story. You're in the story. You're in the story. You're in the story. Your name is written down in this story. You out there streaming, you're in the story. Your name is written down. The thing about this story is that unlike all the other stories, there's two endings. Two endings to this story. One ending ends in a place called heaven where you will be with the Lord forever in a place where God will wipe away all your tears. There'll be no death there. 
There'll be no sorrow there. There'll be no crying there. There'll be no more sickness there. No more pain there. Hallelujah. It's the most beautiful place ever. If you can imagine with me just for a moment, let your imagination run. The foundation of the walls will be adorned with every kind of jewel. Inimaginable beauty we will behold. There will be jaspers and sapphires and emeralds and onyx on the walls that will line the, the walls of heaven. There will be topaz and diamonds and amethyst. The gates that will be there will be made of pearls, solid pearls, if you can imagine. The, wall, the, the streets will be made of pure gold with such brilliance that it will appear as transparent glass. And if you choose that ending, there is a mansion prepared just for you. Hallelujah. There will be joy and peace and happiness and glory, and the Almighty God will be there, and His glory will shine so bright that we won't need any sun. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And then there's another ending. This ending, not so sweet. This ending is a place called hell. This is a place of consciousness and awareness, but in the absence of the Lord God Almighty. It is a realm which consists of total darkness. It's a place of intense suffering. So much so that there will be gnashing of teeth because you won't be able to bear the pain that you will endure. There's a, it will burn with fire and your body will burn constantly without reprieve. It will be so, you will be so thirsty, but it will be a thirst that will never be quenched. The putrefied odor of sulfur, sulfur will permeate your nostrils. There will be crying and anguish that will never cease. There will be screaming and wailing and intense grief that you will not be able to get away from. There will be mourning and sorrow and pain that you will not be able to take. There will be torment, night and day. And God did not prepare that place for you. But you have a choice. So different, but yet eternal. Both places. And what is so amazing is that you get to choose which one you will go to. All right, so now we've talked about the ending. Every story has a beginning. And this story begins when the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God decided to create. Genesis 1 and 1 says, 
in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. He spoke light into existence. He divided the waters and made a firmament and called it heaven. He gathered the waters together in one place and commanded dry land appear. And it was so. He spoke to the dry land to bring forth trees and grass and herbs and seeds that would bear fruit after their kind. And it was so. He created the night and the day, and he separated one day from another. He spoke the seasons into existence to identify the times and the years, and it was so. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. He created every living beast on land and sea. Yes, God created. And after this, he saw that it was good. But something was missing. Something was lacking that he needed to create. So he created mankind. He created you and me. He loved his creation. He would spend time with them in the garden. He would walk with them in the cool of the day. The Bible says in Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I want everybody to just take a deep breath for a minute. Just breathe in. Breathe out. One more time. In. Out. God lets you do that. God allows you to do that. Job 33, 4 says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. God created. God gives you breath of life. He has appointed for you a time to be born and a time to die. It's what you do with that time in between that really matters. It's what you do with that time in between that chooses your heaven or hell, the ending to your story. He created us after his own image, the Bible says. I know that God is a spirit and that he didn't have a physical image, but he knew, God knew that one day this created being that he loved so much, that he enjoyed a relationship with, one day this created being would be tempted, and he would fall and fail the test. Satan would come and tempt God's creation. Satan would bring to their attention the tree in the midst of the garden. And they knew that they were not supposed to go there. But he would tempt them with the lust of the eye. He would show them how luscious and how good it looked just like he does to us. Oh, this looks so good. Just come on over here and partake a little bit of what I've got for you. He would tempt them with the lust of the flesh. He would say, uh, the pride of life, I'm sorry, he would say, if you eat of this, you'll be like God. You'll be like God. And so we become proud, and so did they. 
after falling into the tempter's fate and eating of the tree, they would begin to think and question God. They would think about why God said that we couldn't eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. Why would God say that? They would think about why did God tell us that we need to stay out of the garden there? And they would soon forget the thoughts of God. These thoughts would cause them to sin against God, and sin separates us from God. These thoughts would cause, oh, I already said that, sorry, but this is not what God wanted. This was not the plan that God had for his creation. So he would provide a way of reconciliation for his beloved creation. His love for his creation far exceeded the cost that it was going to cost him. So great a love, so great a price that he paid for us to be reconciled to him. Those thoughts of man, it was those thoughts outside of the thoughts of God that would destroy and devour man with sin. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 7, 9, Seek ye the Lord, for while he may be found... Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to hear our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. His thoughts and ways are higher than ours. We must stop trusting our own thoughts. They will lead us down a wrong path. That's what's wrong with this current generation. We trust our own thoughts way too much. We're always posting our thoughts. We're twittering our thoughts. We're putting them on Facebook. We're letting people know what all of our thoughts are, and they're outside of the thoughts of God. We've got to start thinking on the things of God. We've got to start focusing on the things of God. We've got to start walking in the things of God and stop putting our thoughts before him. We think our thoughts are so profound. We trust our thoughts, and we have forgotten our Creator and His thoughts and His ways that are so much higher than ours. We live in a generation and a time that it's a real struggle with absolute truth. People don't believe in absolute truth because they believe that they can find their own version of truth through their own thoughts. But I'm telling you, this story is absolute truth. And whether you believe it today or not, your ending is coming very soon. There will be a day of judgment. The Almighty God, the creator of all things, will remove his hand of grace one day and judgment will fall upon the earth. He is coming back very soon for a people that have made themselves ready. And if you are not ready to 
today. Today is the day of salvation. Your ending is coming. Which ending will you choose? I think because he has delayed his coming that we think we have plenty of time. Or perhaps we just think he's not coming back at all. So you build idols unto yourself. Things that, like Moses, remember Moses, when he went up to Mount Sinai, they decided he's not coming back. Where is Moses? Let us make a golden calf that we may worship him. That's what we're doing. We think God's not coming, so we start building idols, making things unto ourselves to please our own flesh instead of waiting on God. He is coming back. We make excuses about why we can't serve God. I'm just not ready yet. I've done too many things, and God will never forgive me. I live so far away from church, I just can't make it. The COVID is going to get me if I go to church. I'm married to an unbeliever. I never really found that church fit me anyway. All they want is money, 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 money. That's all they ask for, money, money, money. I never got anything out of church anyway. I'm so young. I haven't really lived yet. I'm only 18. I'm only 19. I'm only 20. I've got to go out here in the world and live a little bit. They saw, the children of Israel saw that Moses was so long coming down from the mountain that they gathered and made an idol. Come, come, let us make a God for us to worship. All those thoughts, it's that a chap, is that the chapter in your story? I can't do it right now. I just can't serve God right now. Because it is apparent that we are in the last days. The Lord is clear about the signs of the last days. Second Timothy says, understand that in the last days, dangerous times, Great stress will come. Times that will be difficult. People will be lovers of themselves instead of lovers of God. They'll be greedy and lovers after money. They'll be boastful, arrogant, abusers. Abusers of speech, disobedient to parents. Unloving, profane, unholy, ungrateful. Giving over to lacking, the lacking of natural human affection. There'll be gossipers, lack of self-control. There'll be haters of God. There'll be traitors. There'll be reckless. There'll be conceited. conceited. There'll be lovers of sensual things instead of lovers of God. They will hold a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. That's where we are today. We know that God is coming soon, and your story will soon end. It will soon have an ending. We are there, and it is because this generation in which we live has developed their own version of truth. We have turned from, from God's thoughts to follow our own. 
We are following the thoughts of the creation instead of the creator. And this is a real problem. Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Sin separates us from God, but that's not what God wants. He created us for a relationship with him. Because God's love for his creation, he would become a man himself. God robed himself in flesh, laid down his life as a blood sacrifice to restore the broken relationship between mankind and God. Colossians 1, 12 and 17 says, Give thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. What a mighty God we serve. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that I serve a God that is able above all things to meet every need, that he made a way when there was no way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So the story continues. That's just chapter 1. As we just read, the invisible God that created the heavens, the earth, the thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers, he robed himself in flesh, and he came down. He translated himself into the flesh of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so the next chapter of the story begins. Jesus, the Bible says, was born of a virgin Mary, given to her by the Holy Ghost, Matthew 1 and 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, and his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 1 and 23 tells us, Behold, a virgin, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and grew up as a Galilean in Nazareth. At the age of 30, Jesus begins his ministry. But before his public ministry, he fasted for 40 days and nights. Matthew 4 tells us, that after he had fasted, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After Satan tried to tempt him three times with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The three areas that he always is trying to tempt us in today. But Jesus, who was God, said unto him, Get out of here, Satan. Get behind me. For the word says that you shall worship the Lord God only, and him alone shall you serve. 
After this, Matthew 5 tells us that Jesus takes his ministry publicly. He preached the Sermon on the Mount, and it is there that he teaches, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize their spiritual poverty. Do you know if you are spiritually poverty, or do you have poverty in your spirit? They knew that they had a need for a Savior. Yes. For, their, for they shall see, he says, for they shall see the kingdom of God, their ending heaven. He goes on to teach, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Is this your story? Which ending are you choosing? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words on the mount. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye that men shall taunt you and shall persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Is this your story? Which ending do you choose? Jesus continues to teach. He says, you must be the salt of the earth, the light unto the world, for this will glorify your God. Then he condemns the religious leaders. I didn't say godly men or godly leaders. I said religious leaders, those who outwardly profess to know and follow, but they lie. Inwardly, they seek for themselves. He said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of those leaders, you shall in no case inherit the kingdom of heaven. That, mean, that means the ending of their story would be hell and the realm of elder darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth and pain and torment. It is real and it is coming. Which ending will you choose? He said, if you are angry without a cause, you need to make it right. Or if you, you will be in danger of hell. He said, you have heard it said from them of old times that if you commit adultery, that you should not commit adultery. But I say unto you, Jesus says unto you, that if you look on a woman to lust after her, that you've committed adultery already in your heart. He goes on to say that, that uh, if you, I'm sorry, he goes on to say, do whatever you have to do. Choose heaven as your ending of your story. And if the right eye offend thee, pluck it out. If the right hand offend thee, cut it off. For it would be better that you made it to heaven maimed than not to make it to heaven at all. Which ending do you choose? He tells us that he knows that it's been said of old, whoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. 
But Jesus said that whosoever shall put away wife or husband except for the cause of adultery makes him or her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry them shall commit adultery also. Which ending do you choose? He said, you have heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, seek not revenge. Whosoever smacks you on the right cheek, give him the left cheek also. Which ending will you choose? He also said that if someone asks you to go a mile with him and you have means, go to. It will give your God glory. And if someone asks you to borrow and you have means to lend, turn him not away. Which ending will you choose? He said, you have heard it said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you that you might be called the children of the Father who's in heaven. For if you love those that love you, what reward have you? Everyone does that. What ending will you choose? He continues his ministry in chapter 6 where he says, do not do things publicly to receive glory from men, but do them as unto God in secret that you may be rewarded openly by God. He said, be careful not to build treasures here on earth where eventually they'll fall apart and cease to exist or be stolen by thieves. But serve the Lord your God well. Therefore, build up treasures in heaven that will be eternal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus warns that the light of the body is the eye. So be careful what you allow your eyes to partake in. If you allow darkness to be ever present before your eyes, so shall your, your life be in darkness. But if you put your eyes before the things of God that are light, so too then shall you be in the light. Jesus said in his sermon, you cannot serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other. You cannot serve money and God. Which ending do you choose? He said, do not worry. He clothed the grass in the fields. He feeds the fowls of the air and the lilies of the field. They grow and toil not at his request. Therefore, don't worry about what tomorrow holds. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What ending do you choose? He said, do not judge for how you judge someone else is how I'm going to measure you. He said, do not take that which is given unto you and turn it into something that is unholy or share it with something that is impure or defiled. In other words, what God has made holy, do not put it back to a state of filth. He ends his Sermon on the Mount with how much he loves us 
and invites us to be with him. However, he says, narrow is the gate that leads to righteousness in heaven, and broad is the way of destruction. What ending will you choose? But he, uh, he, he goes on to say, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus continued his ministry. Coming down the mountain, he enters Capernaum, and he comes in contact with a centurion whose servant was sick with palsy. And Jesus said he would go to his home to heal him. However, the centurion said, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. But the, Jesus said to him, great is your faith. Go thy way, and because you have believed, it is done. So not so long after Jesus came from Peter's house where Peter's mother-in-law was sick with fever, Jesus merely touches her hand, and the fever immediately left her. As the evening came, people heard of the miracles of Jesus and what he was doing. They brought many sick with disease, and Jesus healed them. Many were filled with demons, and Jesus cast them out, and they were delivered. As he gathered his disciples into the boat at sea, a severe storm arose, and mighty winds that rocked the boat, and the disciples became fearful that they would perish, and Jesus commanded the sea be still. Even the waves obeyed his command. Upon arriving to the land, a man was brought to Jesus who had palsy and was paralyzed, and Jesus had compassion on him and healed him. A ruler came to him and said, As we now speak, my daughter is dead. Jesus followed him to the house, and his daughter lie dead. And those who were there laughed and mocked because she had been dead. But when Jesus went to her, she arose and lived again. While traveling to the ruler's home, a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years heard of Jesus and pressed her way through the crowd, knowing if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. And she did, and she was healed that very moment. After leaving the ruler's home, two blind men followed, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. He went into a house, and the blind men followed him. Jesus spoke to them, Do you believe that I am able? And they said, Yes. He touched them, and immediately their eyes were opened, and they could see. Many great wonders and miracles did Jesus do, but now the hour has come. The arrangement has been made. Jesus would be betrayed by the one that was with him, the one that supped with him, the one that walked with him, the one that slept by him. The time had passed so quickly. It seemed as if it was such a brief time here among them. And now the moment has come. The time has been fulfilled and the price must be paid. He knew that one day he would pay this price because his love for his creation. He knew the cost would be great. He knew the pain and the agony and the great suffering that would be put upon him. He knew every time 
that lead-tipped whip struck him as it would penetrate his skin and bury its sculpted, razor-sharp edges deep beneath his flesh. Yes, he knew. He knew that his accusers would craftfully pull back their arms as they struck him with that lead whip. And as they did, his flesh would be pulled from the back of his back. He knew. Yes, he knew. He knew that he would carry a cross that weighed about 160 pounds with his feet shackled for you. He knew. He knew that he would carry it for about two miles on his back with those wounds that were fresh just put upon him. He knew that they would mock him. He knew that they would spit upon him. They, he knew, he knew, he knew, and he did it for you and for me. He knew. He knew that he would be nailed to a cross. He knew that they would pierce his hands and his feet. He knew that he would hang there for all to see and be ridiculed and scorned and taunted. He knew that his mother would watch. He knew that his disciples would watch and there was nothing that they could do. He knew. He knew that he could have come off the cross. But he chose to stay there for you and for me. The God of creation that created all things knew that he would die for you and for me. Because he loved us. Yes, he knew. He knew that he would be buried in a grave and he knew that he would rise again in three days. He knew that he would live forevermore. He knew that he had made a way for you and for me and for you and for you. He knew. He knew because he's a great and a mighty God. He knew. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't make you stand to your feet and give God some glory, maybe you better inspect yourself. Maybe you better look deep within yourself because he's a mighty God and he came to die for you because he loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He knew that some, in spite of what he did for them, 
would choose hell. He knew, but he came anyway. Which ending do you choose? He did all of this for you and for me. His death, his burial, his resurrection was for us. All we have to do is live for him. That is all he's asking. It's that simple. Like his death, we can repent. We can die out to our flesh in closing. Like his burial, we can be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of of our sins. And like his resurrection, we can be a new person in Jesus Christ through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Which ending do you choose? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand right now. The question is what? Which way will you choose? Which direction will you go? Just like a man coming to a fork in the road. Do I take the right or the left? Which way will you go? Where are you with your walk with God today? Hallelujah. The message has been given. It doesn't need to be preached again. Which direction will you go? Who will you choose to be your redeemer? Who will be your redeemer? When Jesus calls us home, we just found out on Saturday, Friday, one of our missionaries, missionary Doan, passed away. Unbeknownst, they had no, there was nothing that was there to say that something was happening, that something was going to happen, or that he was sick or ill. He just died. I've said it many a times. We don't know the day nor the hour that the Lord will call our number home. The Word says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not next week. I can't live on yesterday's walk. I can't live on last month's walk. Today is the day of salvation. Whom will you serve today? Choose whom you will serve. Don't be double-minded. Don't try to live in the world and live in the church. You will lose. You think you're gaining, but you will lose. As Reverend Tammy said, she said, check some things. Check some things. When was the last time that you fell on your knees before God? When was the last time you spoke in tongues? When was the last time that you felt the presence of God? Not being in a church. When was the last time that you said, not my will, 
but thy will be done. And willing to let his will be done and stop trying to run it in your way. Oh, there's a day of reckoning coming. There's a day of judgment coming. There's a day of rapture coming. And Reverend Tammy has put it to you very plainly. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And the altar's open today if you'd like to come. If you have not received the Holy Ghost as of yet, the Holy Ghost come up. We'll pray with you and you will receive the Holy Ghost. Brother Brian received the Holy Ghost last Sunday. The Holy Ghost is still falling as it did on the day of Pentecost. Today is the day of salvation. Today. That's it. That's it. Come. That's it. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever sing. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Yeah. 